Welcome to the Bethel Free Baptist Church Weekly Sermons. This is the morning service of Sunday the 11th of June 2017, entitled The Supreme Name. And the Bible reading is taken from 1 John chapter 3, verse 1. Here's Brother Daniel Alexandru. First Epistle of John, chapter 3, verse 1. And uh, it's all standing under to the reading of uh, the Word of God. 1 John chapter 3, verse 1, the Word of God says, Behold, what men of love the Father had bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore, the world knoweth us not, because it knew him not. Amen. Let's pray. Dear Lord, we just want to open the Word of God and let you speak to our hearts and let the Holy Spirit deal with each and every one of us you know all the needs of your people lord and you know if uh, there is uh, anyone here that is not saved and we pray that uh, every need will be met and your will be done in our lives and in this service for in jesus name i pray amen amen have a seat please um the title of my message this morning is the supreme name and um, my question is, my first question is, what is your name? Of course, uh, each and every one of us will answer uh, to this uh, question, just like me. My name is Daniel. But my question is, do you know what your name means? I mean, in the Bible times, um, all the names we find meant something. Yes, when my mother named me Daniel... Uh, she knew it was from the Bible. I'm not sure if I didn't ever ask her if she knew what Daniel uh, means. I, I think she does. She, she knows because she's a Christian. Uh, Daniel means God is my judge. I wonder how many people know uh, the meaning of their names. If we uh, look in the Bible, when God created uh, out of uh, Adam's rib, Eve, uh, she was called woman because, because Adam says, she is bone of my bone. So her name meant something. James means he grasped the heel. Jesus. Do you know what Jesus means? Jesus means something. Jesus means Jehovah saves. So is Jesus your Savior? Can you say, my Jesus, my hope is my Savior? I know what your name means, but if we look in the Bible, we find that names are related to the role of those people, characters found in the Bible, or names can represent human hopes, divine revelations, Nabal, you know, you heard about Nabal, right? Nabal means fool. He was a fool. <laughs> because when David came to him, after he had protected his flocks to ask for something, Nabal had a fool. A foolish answer. Was a fool. No, who are you? Where do you come from? You are not a king. And yes, David was running from Saul, King Saul. 
But yes, David had protected his flock so he can have all the things he had. Nobody stole anything from Nabal. His business was flourishing, thriving, but he didn't want to be appreciative. He didn't want to give anything in exchange to David. But he had a wife, Abigail. She was wise because without Nabal knowing, when David had planned to kill Nabal for his foolishness, he was fool, a fool. And his name is fool. Abigail sent some gifts and softened David's heart. And he saved his life. Abigail became David's wife because she was a wife. Not only, I think in, in the Jewish uh, history, she's considered to be one of the most beautiful and wisest ladies. And some say that she's the first in line. She became uh, David's wife. So names mean something in the Bible. Names say some things about people. You know something? You might have a you might have a beautiful name. You might have the most beautiful name. But there is an, another name that is more beautiful than your name, than any other name. John says, if you have this name, you have everything. God, our Father, had bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. How are you called? Are you called the son of God? A child of God? If you are called a child of God, you are having everything now. Because you have everlasting life. You have Jesus Christ. You have God as your Father. That's the most beautiful name for you to have. Son of God. Daughter of God. A child of God. And when you have this name, child of God, you have the assurance of being with the Father. I was driving the other day. And the manager uh, from the surgery at work most of my time, she asked me to take her to some place because her car wasn't working. So I'm driving, not like crazy, but I'm driving, you know. When I drive, I drive, you know. So she says, oh, I'm going to tell the doctor that if I ever travel with you by your car, she shouldn't wait for me because I might not get back. Safe and sound. I'm like, no, you know, I says, uh, there is a problem uh, here somewhere. And because I'm a Christian and I have God as my father, I have the assurance. So if something happens with me, with you and with me, my assurance that I will be with God one day. And I says, do you have the same assurance? She's Indian. She has so many guys. I don't know. She says, oh, no. You see, only God can call you child of God and give you this assurance that you will be with Him. No other God, no other gods can give you the assurance, this assurance. People might do all kinds of things, sacrifices. They fast at daytime, of course.
they feast at night time. But anyways, that, yeah, people try to do all kinds of good works to earn heaven, but they will never earn heaven. And they will never have the assurance. I was trying to talk to another sick person, and this lady says, no, no, don't talk about religion with me. If you want to uh, be my enemy, talk about religion. <laughs> as long as you don't talk about religion with people, you're good friends with them. If you open your mouth and speak about Jesus, or if, you know, somebody else, other than their religion, you're on a moving ground. You can become the enemy. But you know, Jesus says, love your enemy. <laughs> so if they become your enemy, just love them. If they're your enemies, just love them. Christ in you, the hope of glory. You have this hope. If you are a child of God, you're a son of God, son of God or daughter of God, you have this assurance. You have this hope, real hope, to be in glory. There's no other way to get to glory but Jesus Christ. It says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. People say, as long as you have faith, you'll be in heaven. What faith? Because my Bible says faith in the Son of God. I just read that Sunday school. And John 3.16 3.16 says that Jesus is the one that needs to be trusted. And he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. If you are a child of God, let me tell you something. There are some responsibilities that come with this in the package. Okay? <laughs> you get the package. You're a child of God. You have the assurance of heaven. You'll walk one day on Golden Street. But some responsibilities come with this new name. And this is a name. We should be called the sons of God. Are you called a child of God? If you are, praise the Lord, I'm glad. But there are some responsibilities. And we as children of God have to do our part. Have to leave our role of children of God. And the first thing I want to mention this morning is... We as children of God have to obey our Father. Remember when Jesus was talking to the Pharisees, the Sadducees, you're saying you're doing the will of your Father. You're lying. Who is the Father of lie? The devil. You're doing the will of the devil. So there are two fathers. Father God, Jehovah, and the devil. Two families. We are born in the family of the devil because we are sinners. And only through Jesus Christ, faith in Jesus Christ, we leave that family and become children of God. And if you are a child of God, you have to obey. Your father. The children of the devil obey their father. No doubt of that. They obey. When we talk about children of God... It's, it's not the same thing. They obey. But here, in, in God's family, 
We find obedient children of God and disobedient children of God. In the family of the devil, we don't find disobedient children. We find only obedient. But, you know, in the family of God, it's sad to say that children of God that don't obey their father. If they are children of God, their father is God. And the Bible says in Ephesians, you know, Paul talks uh, about obedience in uh, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 1. Children, obey your parents in the Lord. So children, that's what we need to, to teach our children nowadays, to, to obey us as parents, right? And it's sad to say, but there are parents nowadays that listen to their children because they don't know how to mind their children. They don't know how to make their children obey them, sir. Obey them. I mean the parents. Bible says, obey children, obey your parents. If we are in the family of God and if we are children of God, we should obey our father. In verse 2, Paul goes on saying, Honor thy father and mother. So, humans have to respect their parents. Spiritually speaking, children of God should respect their father. Obey your father. Respect your father. Honor your father. Is it a, a hard thing to obey God? John chapter 14, verse 15. If you love me, keep my commandments. We say we love God, right? Do you really mean it? When we say, Lord, I love you, Lord. I love you. I love you so much. I love you because you died for me. You forgive all my sins. I'm an imperfect man. But you love me. You promised me to take me to heaven. A perfect place for an imperfect man. It's only because of you. When it comes to obedience, we fall in the category of disobedient children. Why? Because our will stays in our way. Comes in our way. Paul says, I live, but actually it's not me that lives. It's Christ that liveth in me. When Christ lives in you, there is no problem with obedience. Amen? What pro- Christ is in me. His desires are mine. His will is mine. His mind is mine. Where is the problem? There is no problem. Amen? But when I try to live my life the way I want, because I consider or I think that my decisions are better than God's decision, then I say, Lord, I'm not trusting in your plan, actually. I don't trust in your plans because, Lord, I know better what's best for me. And we're afraid that God will have A bad plan. When we think of sacrifices, 
The Christian life is a life of sacrifices, a life of choices where I need to choose between, you know, going and doing your own thing and going to tell others about Jesus Christ or uh, staying at home, watching TV or, you know, minding your garden and going to church and uh, praising the Lord and bringing somebody to the house of the Lord. So, you know, we think that if we have to obey God, we have to make all these choices and all these choices will make us unhappy. And we are unhappy when Christ doesn't live his life in me. Because happiness comes from the Lord, not from my decisions that bring me some kind of joy that is temporary. A child of God is to obey his father. A child of God should imitate his father. Ephesians chapter 5. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 5, verse 1. Be ye therefore followers of, of God as dear children. Let's follow God. How can you follow God? You don't see God. He's in heaven. He's not here. Jesus is not with us anymore. He was here 2,000 years ago. Not anymore. He's back in heaven. Should we be followers of God? Meaning that we need to be like God and do whatever God does. I'm telling you, we will never be able to do what God does. Because we are not God. We are limited. We are humans. We are imperfect. But here we have Jesus in us. He lives in you and me if we are children of God. But we can do what God says. What does God say? Chapter 4, verse 32. Just one verse before this one. And be kind one to another. We can be kind. Just like God was kind to us. Then the heart. Forgiving one another. We can't forgive each other. Just like God did with you. When you ask the Lord to forgive your sins. He, he didn't forgive 99.99 sins of the whole thing. He forgave you of 100%. The whole thing. Past, present, and future. You don't hold anything back. Okay, I'll forgive you of 99%, but I'll keep 1% just in case. <laughs> Nothing just in case for God. Okay? His forgiveness is complete. His salvation is complete. It is finished, Jesus said. Be ye followers of God. Imitate your Father. He has a forgiving heart. That's why we need to forgive one another. We need to be kind one to another. Tender-hearted. Forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, had forgiven you. This is our example. Example of forgiveness, of kindness. We need to follow his example. We look at him and we find him in the Bible. And that's why another thing that we as children of God have to do is study the Bible. You know, uh, I meet all kinds of people. Some people come with the Bible, and even yesterday somebody came. 
in the center saying, uh, Jesus Christ is coming on the 21st of September. <clears throat> I was passing out tracks and that person was talking to Pastor Larry. So I'm like, oh, 21st of that's good because that's my birthday, you know. On my birthday, I'll be in heaven. Because he read in Jeremiah, he read in another book, he read over there. He says, on the 21st of September this year, make sure this year, where you are on 21st of September, Rob, okay? <laughs> because on the 21st of September, Jesus will come back for his saints. Okay? So lots of people make calculations concerning the day of the Lord. And other people study the Quran, the books, and then they come to us. And they even know verses from the Bible just to make us give up on our faith in Jesus Christ. Trying to make us doubt the word of God. And our problem is we don't study the word of God. Even if Second Timothy says clearly, study thyself. Study. What is study? What is study? Have you ever studied for an exam? Did you just read the material? Okay, I studied. I'm done. Oh, yeah, that's what children do. Oh, I'm done. I studied. Okay, see my answer here. Uh, <clears throat> that's not study, right? When you study, you read and read and read, meditate, and you retain something. Not 1%, 50, 60, 70, 80%, 90%. The Bible says, study to show thyself approved unto God. Study what? The Word of God. Because the Word of God in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, all Scripture is given by inspiration of God. The Bible is given by inspiration of God. It's God's Word and it's profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. We are not mature because we don't study the Word of God. We don't take time to study the Word of God because we have too many things to do every day. Starting morning, your sunset. Busy. Busy doing what? Busy doing nothing. Because nothing. When we deal with the earthly things, it's nothing compared to eternity. And our spiritual growth. It's nothing. It doesn't have any value. We build for the final fire. You know? We build fuel. Because this earth, with everything that is on it, will one day go through fire. Will burn. And we are building fuel for the final fire. Amen? Because we are busy doing what? Something that soon will be nothing. Will turn into nothing. And we don't take time to study to show ourselves approved. Study what? The word of God. That is given by inspiration. Of God. This is not the word of man. The word of God. So we need to study. A child of God needs to obey his father. In order to, to know what the father wants. Is study. You want to know how uh, a washer operates? Open the manual. Read and you can try to, to, to figure it out by yourself. But you know, there are so many buttons. Oh yeah, you can read some, but you still need to 
study something, read what they say, they read the manual and be able to use it. And if you use it according to the manual, you'll benefit from it. So, we want to live a victorious life. We need to be the children of God. God wants us to. We need to study His Word. It's the Father's Word. It's not my Word. It's not some man's Word. It's God's Word. And then, Ephesians chapter 5, 2, it says that we... As children of God. I'm not just a child of God. Dropped somewhere in this universe. I'm a child of God. Dropped in the midst of other people. And it happens that those people. I consider them to be close to me are Christians. Born again just like me. (laughs) So Paul says in Ephesians uh, Chapter 5, verse 2, And walk in love as Christ also had loved us and had given himself for us as an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling savor. I'm a child of God and I need to walk in love among my brothers and sisters, my fellow Christians, and uh, not only among them, but among the whole world, even my enemies. Because Jesus says, love your enemy. And uh, John says in 1 John chapter 3, uh, verse 14 to 18. We know that we have passed from death unto life because we love the, the world, the world system, the wealth of this world. No, no, it says because we, we love the brethren. He that loveth not his brother abideth in death. Whosoever hateth his brother is a murderer. And ye know that no murderer had eternal life abiding in him. Hereby perceive we the love of God. Because he laid down his life for us. And we ought to lay down our lives for myself. Right? (laughs) That's what we like to do. Oh, I lay my life for myself. I lay down happily. Now it says here, lay down your life for the brethren. But whoso had his words good and seek his brother have need and shut it up his bowels of compassion from him, how dwelleth the love of God in him? That's a question. Is it possible for light and darkness to live together? Hmm? No. Is it possible for love and hatred to dwell together? No. Is it possible for God and Satan to live together? No. You say you love God. You love your brothers. My little children, let us not love in word, neither in tongue, but in deed and in truth. And hereby we know that we are of the truth and shall assure our hearts before him. If we live in love. And verse 23. And this is his commandment, that we should believe on the name of his son, Jesus Christ. And it says here, and. And means that there is something added. Okay. 
and love one another as he gave us commandment. I read that commandment earlier. You say you love me, keep my commandments. What are his commandments? Love, love, love. Love thy God and love thy neighbor. Love. We love this word love, right? <laughs> we love to hear it. And sometimes we don't like practicing it or we lack in this area here. So as children of God, we need to obey our Father. We need to imitate our Father. We need to study our Father's Word, the Bible. We need to love one another. And we need to trust our Father. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. You see, all this trust needs to come from the heart. I was sharing with um, a Christian the other day about a story, a true story about a preacher who became ill and he lost his memory. And, you know, this disease is called Alzheimer. But, believe it or not, he never forgot the word of God. He continued to witness even if he had no other memories. He didn't know who his wife was, who his children were. He didn't know where he grew up. He forgot everything except the word of God. Why? Because there is a little bit of a difference. And I was telling this Christian about the brain and the heart. Yes, yeah, sometimes they mean the same thing, but there is a little bit of a slight difference between mind, brain, and heart. You know, some 119 says, I hid thy word where? 119, some 119 says, Thy word have I hid in my heart. Verse 11, that I might not sin against thee. The word of God is not in the brain. The brain is affected by Alzheimer's. The word of God is hid where? If you studied the word of God, if you read the word of God and meditated upon it, and you hid the word of God, you hid it where? In the heart. And this is a true story. This preacher never forgot the word of God. Because the word of God was not in the brain where you reason. It was in the heart. His heart was God's heart. He hid the word of God in the heart. And with the heart, you believe to be saved. That's what Romans 10 11. And with the mouth you confess, but with the heart, not with the brain. You might be a brilliant scientist, have the nicest, the biggest, the, uh, the most intelligent brain. But it's not with the brain, <laughs> it's with the heart. And the word of God needs to be hidden in the heart. Amen. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5, 
Trust in the Lord with all time brain? No, 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 no. <laughs> thy heart. And he shall direct the paths. We need to trust the Lord with everything. Lean not unto thine own understanding. Lean not unto your own knowledge. Or wealth. Or education or whatever. Trust in the Lord. With all thine heart. If your heart is God's. It's got everything he needs. That's... God doesn't ask for your money first or for your uh, health or your wealth or your house or whatever. He, he asks for your son. He says, give me your heart. Give me your heart. I want your heart. With the heart to believe in Jesus Christ as your Savior. With the heart to trust in the Lord. And in the heart, you hide God's word. If your heart is God's, you'll never forget the word of God. If it's hid there, if you don't sow the seed, there is no crop, no results. If you sow the seed of the word of God in your heart, there will always be results. Always results. God wants your heart. God wants my heart. God wants us to trust in Him with all our heart. And if our heart belongs to the Lord, that's all it matters for God. Because everything else comes after. If our heart bids for the Lord, tithes, offerings, sacrifices won't matter. Because Matthew 6, 33 says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And it's in my heart. I do it. And I do it from my heart. It's not in your heart. You don't do it. You always make calculation. Uh, I had a, a young man. He was an engineer coming to my church in Romania. He came. He, he even helped with the building. He did lots of things there. And then one day I meet him in a big store, in a big shop, and I say, oh, we have a missionary, we want to support this missionary. And he goes, I think he should go to work. I'm not willing to give him any money because I work for money. <laughs> I'm like, okay. He wasn't, I, I'm not sure about his salvation. He, he claimed to be saved. And he was raised in a, a Christian home, in a Christian church. But I'm like, what kind of answer is this? This proves something. There is something there. Problem in the heart. When God is in your heart. You trust in him. Everything. That's what he asks. That's what he requires from you and me. To give him our hearts. Are you ready to give him his heart? Maybe say, I'm saved. I'm a child of God. I already gave him my heart. Are you sure? I'm asking you again. Are you sure you gave him all your heart? Because if you did, then obeying your father wouldn't be a problem. Imitating your father wouldn't be a problem. Studying his word wouldn't be a problem. Loving 
your brother in wouldn't be a problem. Trusting in your father wouldn't be a problem. Honoring him with tithes and offerings and whatever wouldn't be a problem. I think we still have a heart problem. Even if I gave my heart to the Lord when I got saved, I still hold some of my heart. God wants me to serve him with my whole heart. Let's bow our heads in prayer. I don't know if you are serving the Lord, if you are saved and serving the Lord, or if you are completely surrendered to the Lord, but it's you and God that know these things. And God, God doesn't, don't worry about material things, finances. God doesn't ask them from you. If he died for you and rose again the third day, he did it with a purpose, with a plan to give you everlasting life and a victorious life here. And if you don't live a victorious life, it's because you don't trust him with whole your heart, with all your heart. I think God is searching my heart and your heart. And he's saying, you don't trust me 100%. You just say. And God doesn't want just words, empty words. He wants your heart. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Are you trusting the Lord with all thine heart? I think you know it, and God knows it too. And if God is dealing with your heart, why don't you say, Lord, I kept some of my heart for myself. I know I'm saved. I'm a child of God. And I thank you, Lord, for this name. It's a supreme name. But, Lord, I want to give you my whole heart right now. And help me to live like a child of God. Dear Lord, we want to close this service with thanksgivings. Lord, you are the Lord of this universe and you are the creator, the loving Father that called us unto salvation and made us to become children of God. If there is somebody here without you, Lord, in their heart, please deal with their heart. Help them realize that only you, only you, and give them forgiveness of sin and everlasting life. And Lord, for all those children of God here that still hold some of their heart for themselves, Lord, I pray that they will let the whole heart be yours and trust in you. Help me, Lord, trust in you 100% with all my heart. 
And Lord, use us for your glory and for the furthering of your kingdom. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen.